On this episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, we discuss how we are surviving the coronavirus crisis, what our new world looks like, educational opportunities during the period of isolation, COVID-19 lessons, what the survey landscape is likely to be and how to prepare for it, and predictions for the rest of 2020 for ASCs. This episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey is sponsored by Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. AHS is the ambulatory surgery industry's leading regulatory and financial oversight firm. Organizations that outsource their regulatory oversight to Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies have an edge. AHS works with ASCs to oversee their quality improvement, risk management, emergency and infection control programs, run their meetings, develop education programs, and always be prepared for surveys. Welcome to episode 103 of the ASC podcast with John Gailey for April 26, 2020, recording live from our studios in Spencerport, New York. This is Sue Cronkite, Chief Researcher for the ASC podcast with John Gailey and Senior Nurse Consultant for Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. Joining me from our studio in Spencerport is John Gailey, recognized as one of the nation's leading experts in the ambulatory surgery industry. Boy, it's still... Surprises me, 103 episodes. I know. And did you notice that you said live, recording live from our studios, since that's what the oh, script says? yes. <laughs> I just read. I don't know. <laughs> well, we've been doing live podcasts for two months. I know, months. I know. This is our first time uh, not doing a live podcast uh, in yeah. two months. You know, and, and uh, the thing is, the, the, I'm actually, I look forward to this. I, I, I mm-hmm. think we kind of look forward to the live ones, but it's uh, so different. You know, they're so stressful. It's usually... Uh, you know, we write a script in a very short period of time. There's very little that's actually scripted during a live podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to be careful what we say because we know yes. that it's going out and we can't edit it. Yeah, like our like my spider incident and yes. when I had to step away for a minute. And you heard we, me saying some things in the other yeah, room. Yeah, we probably need to describe <laughs> what happened. We were doing a uh, live um, virtual conference, and I was speaking uh, doing uh, my session, and Sue went off to uh, the other room. a certain room uh, <laughs> next to the studio here, and all of a sudden I hear her scream as I'm going through, uh, you know, my my stuff, and and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I wonder if she fell. I want you know, and I'm I'm still t- I'm, I'm watching the door, I'm watching my script, and I'm you know watching all the levels here, and and then I thought. I, I've got to stop. <laughs> so I said, excuse me for a minute. Took the volumes down. And then, you know, I opened it. And, no, it turns I thought out, I was being so discreet in there. And then no. I hear you turn down thing and go, are you okay in there? And okay. There was a big black, well, two big black spiders. And yeah. yeah. So. It was about, uh, you told me it was hear. about a foot. Uh, big, but I, I think it was only a couple inches, but it's still a pretty big spider. And you're nice to say I screamed. I may have screamed certain things, but we're, Well, it is nice to be to back to a that. recorded episode because uh, it's much more relaxed, and uh, we can do it on the weekend, and we can play with the puppy in mm-hmm. between takes. So we are, you know, now we've we've upgraded so much of the equipment. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but mm-hmm. uh, we've upgraded so much of the equipment. Now, 
Whoop. The one thing we haven't done is taken care of our cell phones. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> forgot to turn that off. But we've upgraded the equipment so we can do uh, a lot less editing, actually, in between. Yep. So That's um, good. And uh, speaking of the puppy, do you want to mm-hmm. give an update on our puppy? Sure. She's 12 weeks old now. You say she's spoiled rotten, but I know I just think she gets what she deserves because she's a wonderful puppy. She is, and she's um, been training us very well. Yes, we've been trying to train her, but she's been doing yeah. a much better job but of training she us. Is. She's just so sweet. She does, you she know. Is. She does have a, um, a UTI, so we've had a few little accidents, but we're treating her for that. And, yeah. Um, uh, she's just, she's so sweet. She, she plays is. games real... with us. She, we've been taking her out for walks. You know, we were gonna. I was gonna take puppy paternity leave. Uh, <laughs> you know, when we planned this, because we yeah. uh, we had um, put a deposit on her. I think it was last year. I can't remember exactly when. Uh, so well before any of this happened, mm-hmm. and we had to pick her up in the middle of the coronavirus yeah. here. Uh, but I had intended to take, uh, I think, about two weeks off the road mm-hmm. when I wasn't going to mm-hmm. travel. So poor things now. You know, I think she's just waiting for us to get on the road. I know. <laughs> she's like, would you people just leave? <laughs> but leave we actually are. We're trying to, you know, sometimes put her in her pen and just to yeah. kind of get her used to if we're not there. And we're also trying hard to socialize her without being able to be near people. Yeah, so that's tough. it's been a little tricky, but we wanted to make sure she's, you know, well-adjusted. Well, if you hear in the middle of that, it'd be hard in, a, in the studio to hear her that far. But if, if <laughs> knowing her, she might be able to, to make enough noise to, to get past the studio walls. But. I don't know. I gave her her peanut butter mat. Oh, so she's we, well. We have she's these happy. Little, <laughs> little silicone mats and you spread peanut butter on it. It'll keep her busy for we a little while. We are going through a lot of peanut butter. <laughs> I I don't blame her. Yeah. Well, of course, I eat a lot of peanut yes. butter, so <laughs> it's one thing that she Between and I Between you and Rosie, common. the two of you. You know, that, that, I opened that jar yesterday. It is halfway gone already. Mm-hmm. Well, but you, yeah, you, you baked. Like, yeah, too, that's true. Which you've been doing so much. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on personally, yeah. too. First of all, we have been very blessed. Both of us are in good health. We haven't had any real problems at all, and our families are generally also. Mm-hmm. I think our we both have elderly uh, uh, mothers who... Uh, uh, are, you know, we're, we're scared for, obviously, but they've been very good so far. Just the social distancing thing is very difficult, I think, uh-huh. for the elderly, and, you know, they're trying to get through it. Yeah. But I, I do miss seeing people. Um, you know, uh, you know. of course, now there's these Zoom sessions. This is a uh-huh. new term. I never even knew what Zoom, Zoom was before this, and now, you know, our entire life is yeah. around Zoom. Well, it amazes me that my mom can, because I Zoom with my mom, my sister, brother, either one of my kids mm-hmm. or both that can... Come on, every twice a week we do it. And um, my mom's actually, I mean, she never even would check email before, but yeah. she actually can go on the email, get the link, go on there. And we've been, um, just if people are trying to connect with their families, we've been, one of us will pull up either an old video yeah. or, you know, some of our our old pictures and share the screen. And it's just a fun way to, you know, to connect because after a while, you know, twice a week, how much can you yeah. say when you've just been home all week? But, you know, we've been sharing pictures and it's kind of fun. With my side of the family, it's pretty much you have to set up the camera so that you can see the entire it's all living about the room dogs. and the yeah. dogs. Right? We have every you know all of our family members have dogs or puppies. My uh, youngest daughter has a puppy. Doesn't look like a puppy anymore. Doesn't look like a puppy he's, anymore. I haven't seen. Well, I saw him in guy. the car. Right? They came by one day with the car, but uh, that's not quite the same. But yeah, so that's pretty much what happens on my uh, side of the family there. <laughs> um, you know. It, 
Yeah, by the way, we do Zoom so much. You realize we have three Zoom accounts? Yes, now? because I use one of them yeah. all the time. Because <laughs> if you pay for it, you get the more than 40 minutes, and That's I right. find we tend to run over that. So. Absolutely, yeah. It's been, uh, yeah, the three Zoom accounts, man. I mean, we didn't even have one before this whole thing started. <laughs> We're also cooking a lot more. I, I spent the morning, I got up before you did. Well, the puppy got me up at, what was it, five this morning? And uh, which is becoming a normal thing. So uh, mm-hmm. I decided to bake a little bit. And I haven't baked since, literally since I was a kid. I'm having fun doing it. We're not eating out, of course. Uh, and we're not even mm-hmm. doing delivery anymore. We, no, we had we've that. done a couple, but very, but yeah. honestly, and then we ordered a couple pizzas and we had to, because we're keto. Right. So we ordered the keto crust pizza. And then my daughter was here overnight. She had a, um, she had broken her nose at work. So I had yeah. to have her over for the night after surgery. Um and she got a gluten-free one, and I, it just wasn't that good. It's sometimes you find you do better on your own. <laughs> I know. Well, the same thing with that steak that I ordered the other day. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, why? It, it, it's just funny how we're, yeah. you know, all these things are changing. Um, yeah, I think we'll find that even after we get back to normal, hopefully yeah. we'll continue to cook more at home still and, and, and do some of those things. I was reading somewhere they were talking about how, uh, I guess, some nutritionists are telling people to, believe it or not, uh, don't worry about, you know, eating comfort foods and, you know, eating plenty of carbs. And, of course, in, on the keto diet, which uh, both you and I have been on, though, I've been on it longer. Um, I've lost 90 pounds since March 17th. I was going to celebrate, mm-hmm. you know, March 17th of this year. Then, then oh. of course, all this happened. But 90 pounds over the past year. But I can't imagine going back to it. And it's been actually pretty easy to maintain even, you know, during this period of mm-hmm. social isolation. And uh, I think it really has been... Uh, very, uh, very healthy uh, for me. Maybe well, you're so much healthier than you were last year. Yeah, Sorry to interrupt, but you sick. were, yeah. you know, I remember last year you had a cough through most of the year. It was your allergies, just different things. And this year you've had no issues. That's right. It, all because of keto, really. And it helps me keep up with the puppy. I don't know how I mm. would keep up with the puppy. You know, I, <laughs> though I was outside because the thing about having a 12-week-old puppy is uh, she has to go frequently. So mm-hmm. I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning with her to take her out. And um, we have certain animals. Now we do. We have baby visited. foxes that are so was, living underneath our shed. They're yeah. so cute. I'm always worried in the middle of the night that they're going to come up and attack me and the puppy, but <laughs> but they are just adorable. Yeah, like a yeah. cross between a dog and a cat. Mm-hmm. What the posting pictures up there? Yeah, yeah. I put a bunch on Facebook. I yeah. I can't resist taking pictures. I just hover by the window, and actually, they're little enough I can actually walk out by them unless the the mom sees me, and then they all run because yeah. they know they she know. sees. All the way, I mean, and, and what are we, so we're funny. 100 feet away from her, and yeah. she can, yeah, still worried about us? Yeah. We probably should use all that fancy video equipment that we have for uh, <laughs> for these podcasts <laughs> or video podcasts uh, to take some good videos of them. Yeah, <clears throat> but we have been really, really busy. It surprises me with all of what's going on that, you know, you'd think there'd be some downtime, but it's actually been, I think, even yeah. busier than normal. We have, I, we as a company, we've definitely been busier than ever before. The regulatory aspects of the the isolation, uh, you know, the shutdown of many of our centers. More than half of our centers are shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, the whole issue of what is an elective versus a non-elective. You know, predictions about when we're going to start up. Mm-hmm. All the regulatory ramifications of that. Yeah. You know, our dames, <laughs> but. Our, and, and despite this, our days seem to have fallen into a rut. You know, as a company now, we see more of each other, uh, you know, albeit on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day we have a meeting at uh, about 10 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, we go through what's going on. We uh, 
write a morning update for all of our ambulatory healthcare strategies clients. And by the way, at least for now, uh, you can see all of those morning updates since the beginning of the coronavirus. It's on our uh, ASCpodcast.com. So uh, feel free to read that. There's a lot of free information up there that you can use to make sure you're staying on top of things. And, you know, then, uh, so that's our morning, writing that update and then sending it out. And all all of our full-time employees are on the, the line as we put that together. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we live in New York, um, which is the epicenter of this uh, whole crisis. Yeah. And uh, we, we have to listen to our governor. He usually speaks around 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we push out a lot of information from him. I, I know that, uh, you know, we have a national audience and, of course, a lot of our clients are in other parts of the country. But definitely what happens in New York seems to be, uh, you know, have a, a bearing on the rest of the country. Yep. And then we try to interpret the impact on our ASCs and try to keep up with the regulatory changes. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, our audience has been keeping up with these recommendations. If not, please visit our website at ASCpodcast.com. There's just a wealth of information there. And then, of course, our day ends uh, with listening to the president and the COVID-19 task force. Uh, and sometimes those those things go on for two hours. Mm-hmm. Um well, luckily, we can eat dinner during that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we try to figure out what you know, and, and you know, from that, we of course we hopefully get the bigger picture. But mm-hmm. it's been, um, it you know, it's been very busy, uh, yeah. certainly. And uh, I know that um, we uh, we're trying to to uh, to get uh, trying to f- trying to figure out what our new normal is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then there's just a lot of changes that are occurring with the podcast and with our studio. Um, you know, just after the uh, crisis began, we built a video studio, um, and uh, we have a lot of equipment for it. We, after probably what was it up for about a month and a half, we decided we didn't really need it. Uh, so we've converted that space and the equipment into a backup studio. So when we do virtual conferences, there's a, there's always a backup uh, in case the main studio goes down. It'll also be useful in the future when we uh, we have larger groups of people. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll be able to do larger groups of people, yeah. especially our company. And, I'm sure eventually. Uh, and then we ex- we converted this studio, the one we're recording from, uh, in, for video. So now, um, much to Sue's chagrin, we have six cameras in here. Did you know that we have six cameras? I'm trying not to pay attention. <laughs> Can you promise me they're not on <laughs> They're today. not on, no. None so. of them are on. Uh, yeah, we have six cameras in here from every angle. We have a green screen behind us, which I mm-hmm. have to admit that's actually kind of nice because uh, the, the wall was starting to get a little bare back there. So, <laughs> you know, with the new setup, it's great for virtual conferences, and that's becoming a big part of our, our time, too, mm-hmm. is working on those things. And really has in, in, in <laughs> involved a pretty significant investment in equipment. The UPS truck seems to be here every day delivering something new. <laughs> we had to replace all of the computers to handle the live ca- uh, podcasts and the virtual conferences. We have all those new cameras. Uh, next week, I, I, I forewarned Sue that we have a teleprompter coming in, uh, which will help us to, yeah. when we do video conferences, we can mm-hmm. look at the teleprompter and look at the camera instead of yeah, looking instead down of looking all the time. Away. So yeah. I think that'll be nice. Uh, the big thing we learned from our first virtual conference is that we needed a faster connection to the internet, so we had to, to um, upgrade that. Your your uh, microphone is squeaking Sorry. there. <laughs> you know, and usually we would just it. edit that out, but you know now we're just getting to the point where we leave things like that in. Um, yeah. You know, we installed a faster mm-hmm. connection. We have a new uh, hardware to go with it. We have new services. We're using the Zoom webinar software for our video conferences. Uh, might be uh, this might be a good time to encourage uh, our listeners to support our podcast patron program, also known as the ASC Central Membership Program. Uh, visit our website for more for more information. But support of the program helps us to keep this podcast free. Uh, 
And of course, we probably need, or we should, uh, you know, mention uh, the support of our sponsors who really help to pay the bills too. We have uh, sponsors who will sponsor specific episodes over the next year. And, uh, of course, we've got our producing sponsor, Amateur Healthcare Strategies. We've got Surgical Information Systems, Encompass Healthcare Data Solutions, BHG Patient Lending, and Medicus IT. So thank you for the support that those organizations have. And I think one of the things I'm proud of, too, for those that don't know, I'm a pulpit supply minister in the Presbyterian Church, and I haven't been in the pulpit, the actual pulpit, Mm -hmm. since January. Um, So we've been using this wonderful studio to manage church services for a group of Presbyterian churches in the western part of New York State. So that uh, definitely uh, is keeping this place busy. I think I spend more time down here than I do mm-hmm. uh, on the computers upstairs <laughs> in the uh, the rest of the house. Sue, so you wanted to talk, and I, th- I thought we- this might be a good time to kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, post-COVID-19, you know, what, 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 what's happened mm-hmm. uh, personally and, you know, professionally here. So, yeah, just some thoughts on how things have changed and how they will probably continue to change as we go forward. Some of it we've already talked about, like the working from home. Um, but I do wonder if there's going to be more emphasis on that, even after we, especially as we're yeah. uh, ramping up. For people to be able to work from home if they can, you know, save on on the travel time and the gas weather that's more efficient um, to be spending more of your time at home working rather than driving to and from work. So I think we've all been used to it because that's how we've, uh, our company is virtual and all of our employees Mm -hmm. work from home. So we're kind of used to it. But even as our, as we move forward, less travel, I mean, obviously we're going to be excited to get back to see our clients, but um, some of it may be there, there may be more things that we can do from here. Um, Yeah. You know, other Zoom meetings or, or things like that. Well, and I think we've proven how efficient those Zoom meetings can be and mm-hmm. how much, how different a Zoom meeting or a mm-hmm. virtual, you know, when you see somebody's face and uh, yeah. it's very different than a, um, uh, a phone call. And just a phone call. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier if everybody, it's easier to get everybody together rather than trying to schedule, okay, we're going to be in New York City yeah. and you're going to be here and there. So if people can Zoom, it could be better for everybody sometimes. Right. It's actually much more efficient, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that's going to yeah. be a, a different. Um, you know, I think it's also, and the other stuff, fun stuff is uh, we've been playing more board games lately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, checking on family. I think sometimes we actually spend more time, you know, now during this crisis talking mm-hmm. to our family members. Maybe not in person, um, but at least uh, there's more regular check-ins on mm-hmm. them. Well, with our Zoom, I'm seeing my sister and brother a yeah, lot that's more. True. They would come that's once true. a month. Or every other month, they'd alternate to see my mom because they live out of state. But um, we're definitely doing that. Like you said, we're yeah. cooking more. Um, I think a lot of people are doing that, spending yeah. more time. I'm starting to do some yard work, which I, I really haven't that. had time yes. to do. Terrifying, <laughs> in the last poor few puppy. Years. I yeah. know, but it's probably yeah. Well, only when I drag the garbage cans <laughs> in and out. She doesn't like that. <laughs> Most dogs don't like gar- uh, yeah. like uh, vacuum cleaners. We haven't tried the vacuum cleaner. It's probably not something we should admit. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> yeah, the yard does and, not look good right now, though. We have a lot yeah. of work still to do. On that. Yes, there is a lot of work to do. Um, and I think just for our centers, um, I think there's some good news is because they're a much more personal, um, smaller setting. I think people will probably be more comfortable getting back after this yeah. where we're getting so used to the social distancing. I think people will be happy to go someplace where they're not having to worry about, you know, very ill patients yeah. being nearby. Um, and yeah, I think we've proven our great, you know, infection control. And Yeah. 
less exposure yeah. to seriously ill patients. Mm-hmm. My, mm-hmm. Uh, we just found out my mother uh, fell this morning, and yeah. uh, the first thing when I saw the text message, my sister was, uh, was a lot closer to her, was, oh, my God, I hope she doesn't have to go to the mm-hmm. hospital. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I, I don't think that's going to end when the coronavirus ends. I think yeah. people are going to be yeah. very leery to go back there, and hopefully they won't be leery going back to ASCs. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing that we're going to have mm-hmm. to do is emphasize to our patients, spend a lot of time with them on the phone beforehand and, um, and of course, as an industry, emphasize how much, uh, how careful we are uh, for on an infection control yeah, standpoint. Yeah, helping so. everybody to be comfortable. And as I had mentioned, my daughter had, um, she works with uh, seriously autistic um, right. young people, and there's sometimes a, you know some violence that goes on. And she, one of the kids, had headbutted her and broken her nose. And um, you know, I thought, is anybody going to be, you know, are there going to be any yeah. ENTs? And we did end up. Um, she was able to go on, but they did a, a Zoom session for her pre-op, mm-hmm. and then she just had to go in. She was actually tested for coronavirus before she went in, but, um, you know, it was definitely, I, I would not have wanted her to go to a hospital for right. that. Well, and I think the telemedicine side of it uh, is going to be interesting there. I've been doing some, uh, you know, consulting with uh, uh, national organizations that are trying to figure out what the future is going to look like, and that's one of the predictions that we've made is that the telehealth is going to uh, to mm-hmm. uh, really become a, a hot topic right now. And I think for ASCs, there's limited amount. I mean, you can't do you can't yeah, do you surgery do tele. Stuff in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but the pre stuff, the and then come in and then yeah. do the listening and the looking and, and that. And kind it could of probably thing. be stronger too, because you're mm-hmm. going to have a little bit more time on a phone, perhaps, or on a Zoom session yeah. than you will. And, when, and and more time in person listening and doing things right. rather than asking a bunch aspect. of you know checking off a bunch of boxes that could right. have been done on the on the phone or. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of our centers still do those phone calls to uh, patients preoperatively, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, doing a little bit more telehealth where you yeah. can see them and mm-hmm. ask them questions and uh, maybe they can show you things that yeah. uh, that you need to see visually. But Yeah, I think just getting people to think outside the box because we're having to rethink everything that we're doing, mm-hmm. and that's a good way of getting creative and finding out new ways to, to do things in the future. Yeah, I, I, and I think we've been extremely creative in this industry uh, during this time. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I have been just so proud of uh, the way our ASCs have stepped up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and, you know, people in general, I think, have stepped yeah. up. We're seeing yeah. an awful lot of, uh, you know, wonderful uh, news stories out there, thank goodness, mm-hmm. uh, during this time. But the ASC industry in particular, you know, we've seen them uh, donating supplies. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know. there was a hospital that was running out of propofol. Right. And I had mentioned this on an earlier podcast, but... You know, within, I think the call went out or the, it was you know, the text minutes. went out and yeah, yeah people were saying, minutes. hey, we've got some because, you know, if somebody runs out of that when they've got a lot of patients on the yeah. bed, that's not a good thing. So without a thought you know, about they what didn't the, even, yeah, they didn't even think about the ramifications yeah. for themselves yeah. of, uh, of giving it up. But, and yeah. that, that's, uh, those are the good, those, are, and that's what I think makes our industry so special is mm-hmm. that we are willing to do that all the time. Yeah. I do want to kind of reemphasize the importance of visiting our website at ASCPodcast.com periodically if you haven't uh, looked at it. I'm actually surprised, Sue, sometimes when I've been talking to some people during this time when they've Mm -hmm. called me up about, uh, you know, the conferences or uh, I have some people that have been uh, trying to get AEUs recently. And uh, I'm surprised that they don't know all that information that's Mm -hmm. available on the the, uh, the website at ASCPodcast. And there's a lot of information. But if you go in and just scroll through it, it's pretty well organized. Yeah, kind of. Well, there's <laughs> a lot the of information. I'm not the greatest webmaster. <laughs> I'm getting There is a lot of information. Yeah. It's been tough, really, to, to organize, and we're trying to figure out a better way to do it. But, and there are uh, some links. So the beginning is to click on the 
yeah. So if you go to our website, first of all, you know, I'm not I'm not too fancy, so there's just a lot of words on the page. And uh, but I mean, I think if you read, uh, you know, the the links there, you know, click on those links and, and play with it, you'll be able to find things very quickly. But all of our daily updates are up there. There is an action plan. Action. That's what that I was trying to think of. I'm sorry. I couldn't no think problem. Of the day. Yeah, the action plan is up there, um, as well as uh, you know a lot of links to uh, some of our uh, educational resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a good time to kind of catch up on your reading um, in uh, February. Do you know of any, any useful books? I do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so I published the Survey Guide for ASCs, a guide to the CMS conditions for coverage and interpretive guidelines mm-hmm. for ambulatory surgery centers, 2020 edition. I got to come up with shorter titles. <laughs> um, the uh, So this, uh, we published it and updated everything. Of course, now we're going to have to update it again. I don't mm-hmm. know if I have a 2020A edition. No, we, yeah, it know. takes so much to, mm-hmm. to publish one. I can't wait. I'll have to wait another six months, nine months. But the 2020 20 edition of the, uh, this is the industry's most widely respected tool for preparing for Medicare surveys, and it was revised in February 2020, and everything was current up until then. It seems like such a long time it ago, does, doesn't it? it does. um, you know, we all know that Medicare and accreditation surveys are getting tougher, and uh, understanding the conditions for coverage for an ASC, as well as how they are interpreted by, um, you know, Medicare is critical for amateur surgery center leaders. So um, this uh, this resource, which <laughs> the story behind this is I created this um, probably about 10 years ago as an internal resource for myself. Uh, and I cross-referenced the conditions for coverage with the interpretive guidelines and the uh, clarifications, and then just indexed everything. And then what I found is, oh, wow, this is a great tool for other people, too. Mm-hmm. So I started mm-hmm. selling it, and it quickly became the, the most uh, widely distributed uh, book about uh, surveys in the, in the United States. And also included in the book are copies of forms that surveyors use, and uh, the emergency preparedness regulations are in there, um, as well as all the clarifications up through uh, February. Uh, so it's really an essential resource for every uh, center owner, administrator, nurse manager, and business office manager. And a supplement to that is the survey checklist for ASCs, which is a tool for the CMS conditions for coverage and interpretive guidelines. Um, <clears throat> and what this does is it supplements the survey guide and allows you in a checklist format just to kind of evaluate how how well prepared you are for uh-huh. a CMS survey. And I co-wrote this book with uh, Alex Borneman, our director of operations at Ambitory Healthcare Strategies. And the third book, which is much shorter because it's written for governing body members and owners, which means doctors mostly, so it's got to be like only 100 Straight pages long. Point. Right, right to the point. Um, it's a guide for ambulatory surgery center owners, governing body members, uh, about their responsibilities when they, they take on that role. And I think I'm always surprised at how uh, little they often understand about that. So um, definitely uh, check out these three books. And you can uh, pick them up at reg-books.com. That's reg-books.com. So, Sue, we didn't even know the term virtual conference no. until this whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. And now they're the rage. Every website you go to, you're going to see, you know, people talking about conferences. And the ASC podcast with John Gailey has become the ASC industry's leading provider of virtual conferences and seminars. Uh, and what I like to emphasize is attending a virtual conference or seminar, for, or seminar from us is not like listening to a webinar. Mm-hmm. Webinars are boring. I hate doing webinars because yeah. they're just so – you just don't know. I, you know, I always have this paranoia that people are laughing at me at the other end of yeah. the, uh, the line <laughs> as I'm going through it. Well, you it. like it to be interactive yeah. or you know, feel like you're – I like You're to good. see my audience. Yeah. And yeah. So our, our virtual conferences are not boring. Uh, what's different about our conferences and seminars is that, first of all, they, they're relevant and timely information, which is a given right now. And I think we provide them in a, present them in an entertaining format. 
And we're, of course, we're providing them by some of the industry's top speakers and content mm-hmm. experts. Uh, we also provide AEUs and IPCHs if you hold the prestigious uh, CASC or CAPE credentials. And if you can't attend our conference or seminar live, you can always get the recordings and listen to them at your convenience. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's a real advantage, a very high-quality uh, image. And by the way, we did um, all of our, our recorded conferences. You can actually watch on your TV. Um, I know that doesn't sound like something that we normally want to watch on our TV, but at least you can put it on the big screen TV. <laughs> yeah. I, I showed it to Sue the other day, and she's mm-hmm. she wasn't happy. Um. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, if there's slides and things, yeah. that, you know, it sometimes it's a important to be able to see those right, you know, in, right. in a larger format. And you can also, uh, like, instead of sitting in front of a computer, you can mm-hmm. watch it in your living room and take notes, and it's a little bit yeah. more convenient, I yeah. think, in general. Or, you know, if you're doing it from the center, you can do it mm-hmm. in the um, in the, the lunchroom or, you know, wherever your big screen TV yeah. is. And I think there's a, a lot of benefits. You don't, you know, you can listen to it over and over again right. anytime you want. You don't have to pay for the expense of traveling to the conference and, you know, and dedicating those two days or, or a right. full day, you can kind of break it up. You know, it's interesting. We can see the statistics. So uh, for two of the conferences that we've done, uh, they've been recorded and we gave the uh, uh, a recording for free to the people that attended them live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, so far, they've only been out there for like a week and a half. Uh, people have listened to 500 hours of it, so oh, clearly, really? yeah. you know, clearly, there's a lot of uh, good information mm-hmm. that they're uh, reading. And it makes sense because some I know when I've gone to conferences, I may yeah. take notes, but still, once you leave it, and there's just so much information to right. absorb, it's nice to be able to, you know, go back to certain areas that you maybe want to refresh yourself. Right, on. absolutely. And you know, we also let's let's not minimize another part of this. You mm-hmm. don't have to spend money on travel. Yeah. Um. I, you know, we've been. It's a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, I know. I I got to figure out what's happening with Delta, but uh, I think I've got about a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred hours worth of uh, plane flights that I wasn't able to take. Um. And uh, I, we probably won't be flying anywhere for a mm-hmm. while. Um. So uh, you know, there isn't the expense of travel to attend a, a regular conference and. Uh, uh, definitely can save a lot of money there. We ha- currently have two uh, conferences or seminars that are available um, recorded uh, with many more to come. So let's talk about what's coming up. This week, we have the ASC Roadmap to Recover, a virtual conference to prepare for reopening in the new world. That's mm-hmm. Thursday, April 30th. And th- this is uh, what we said. It, reopening or ramping up elective procedures in your ambulatory surgery center is not going to be as easy as opening the doors or scheduling more patients. We've got to realize that in our new world, things are going to be very, very different. So, uh, you know, we're, we hope people will join us for this interactive full-day conference to discuss the process for reopening and restarting elective procedures for ASCs and issues related to performing surgery during and after COVID-19. Uh, this conference is going to be free for all of our clients and amateur healthcare strategies, uh, the retainer clients, and it's only ninety nine ninety nine for all others, $99.99 for all others. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it, it's interesting. When we first put this idea together, I thought, well, maybe it's going to be a two-hour, three-hour. Well, we ended up with six hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that it'll go that long, but, yeah. you know, we've kind of planned that much time for all the material that we have to talk about. Um so uh, if you want more information about that, you're going to have to sign up pretty quickly, of course, if you're listening to this uh, late. Um, uh, definitely go to the ASCPodcast.com website or see the uh, show notes also. I've, I'm going to list them in the, the show notes. And what I'm really excited about coming up is the ASC Finance Accounting and Reimbursement Seminar. So this is presented by Coding Compliance Management and the ASC Podcast with John Gailey. It's on June 11th and 12th, 2020, and is also virtual. 
Um, ambulatory surgery center administrators, nurse managers, and business office managers face unique challenges in managing the financial aspects of an ASC. So join us for this um, uh, two-day intensive virtual conference to discuss all aspects of finance, accounting, and reimbursement in the ASC setting. Uh, sponsored by the Coding Compliance Management and the ASC podcast. Uh, and uh, Christina Benton and uh, myself will be uh, putting on this uh, conference, doing most of the speaking for it. And it's it's really ideal for anyone uh, interested in understanding basic financial principles like nurses, uh, since I guess you didn't get an awful lot of finance in your uh, nursing school, nope. Sue. Um, don't want it. <laughs> I guess, but I guess you do need. Yeah, <laughs> you do need it. I'm sorry to say that. Yes, it is important. Uh, and you know, and and. Uh, it, it'll really help you to learn much more about it. I think uh-huh. it'll help you prepare if you want to take some of the certification exams. Uh, we're in the process of applying, of applying for AUs for CAST certified administrators and CEUs for physician practice managers, coding and billing professionals and that are certified through AAPC. So go to our uh, website at ASCPodcast.com uh, or, again, see the show notes for this episode. And interestingly, Christina Benton and I, who are very good friends, uh, have been planning this conference for the last four years, Sue. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, we've been trying to yeah. put it together. We've been yeah. it, just all kinds of problems. Uh, Christina moved from Baton Rouge to uh, uh, North Carolina, which uh, put a whole year delay, I think, in the, the process. And we were mm-hmm. planning on it for 2021. And uh, I just wrote her an email a couple of weeks ago and said, what do you think about going virtual? Yeah. And then we just said, why just not? took off from there. And I do want to clarify, by the way, I'm always joking about how I, I don't like finance, but, you know, it really gives you such a better overall view of just everything, especially yeah. when you're talking ASCs, because you kind of need to know a little bit about everything yeah. when you're part of it. So, you know. I, and you're better prepared, I think, mm-hmm. uh, as a nurse to understand why some of the decisions that financial people make. I mean, definitely. I'm not going to defend all the, the ways we do things, but definitely uh, uh, it is, uh, it's a different world mm-hmm. that we live mm-hmm. in. Uh, and then we have two recorded uh, seminars. So you, sorry, you already missed them. The ASC Infection Prevention Coordinator Training. So we know that CMS and the accreditation organizations in most states require ambulatory surgery centers to have infection preventionists that are specifically trained to oversee the infection control program in an ambulatory surgery center setting. And up until now, your options for such training has been very limited. Not anymore. Uh, We developed a program specifically for ASCs with uh, our friend uh, Lori Rodericks, uh, who is the Director of Clinical Services for Amateur Healthcare Strategies, and and I moderated this uh, one day. It was a full-day conference. We recorded it live, but now it's available in a recorded format. Um, This is a training program to prepare nurses for the role as an infection control coordinator, uh, or to improve the skills of infection prevention coordinators in the ambulatory surgery setting. It's a full-day course which focuses both on the basic skills necessary to become a coordinator and to build on skills that current coordinators already have. And particular emphasis was uh, placed on the infection control challenges of our current environment and preparing for what we know are going to be much more rigorous surveys in the future. So if you haven't, uh, even if you've had training, infection prevention, you need to demonstrate ongoing Mm -hmm. uh, training in it. So this is one way to prove that. The course was approved uh, by the Board of Ambulatory Surgery Certification for 5.75 IPCH credits. That's uh, for CAPE certificates and also 5.75 IP or uh, um, AEUs for uh, CAST 
certified individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the successful completion of the program, uh, you'll get a certificate to prove that you have received the training, and you can print out the agenda and slides to show surveyors uh, what you learned during mm-hmm. it. And the, the, the program is broken into four parts. First part is the role and responsibilities of the infection preventionist. Second part is developing an, infection, an effective infection control plan. Third part is performing an infection control risk assessment, and then we end in part four with performing an infection investigation. And as you said, there there is going to be such a heightened yeah. um, focus on infection prevention after COVID. So definitely this is a great alternative for you. For more information, go to ASCPodcast.com and follow the links for the ASC Infection Prevention Coordinator Training. And the thing that we had an awful lot of fun with is uh, in uh, – a couple of weeks ago, we did It's a New World Conference 2020. Uh, it was a virtual conference for ambulatory surgery centers. It was recorded on uh, April 14th and the, uh, the 17th. What, nice thing about doing virtual conferences, you don't have to put the days next mm-hmm. to each other. Yep. So we did it on a Tuesday and a Friday. And attendees who uh, listened uh, live and anyone that gets uh, the recording can use, uh, you know, their valuable time right now to improve their skills and learn some new things. We know that an awful lot of conferences have uh, been canceled. Uh, If you're uh, CAS certified, your opportunities for picking up AEUs uh, might be somewhat limited when we start ramping up our procedures and have limited time. So uh, this program was... uh, approved for up to 14 and a half hours of AEUs and up to 1.0 hours of IPCHs uh, through BASC provider number 2618. Um, and uh, it's actually 7.25 hours per day. So in each of the days, uh, there were 7.25 AEUs awarded. Uh, so you can uh, go to ASCPodcast.com for um, the agenda and to sign up for uh, the recorded version of this. And we, we had a whole bunch of conference uh, sessions. One was on surviving the challenges of a changing world. Uh, Lori and I did one on survey preparedness. I did one on ASC governance and governing body member responsibilities. Uh, Judy did a, a wonderful session on, on radiation mm-hmm. safety requirements that in ASC. Good. It's probably, you know, I think at my age, there aren't a lot of things that I haven't seen before. And that was a, a session that, uh, I really needed to watch, and I learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. Um, the pharmacy was, was yeah. Great. The pharmacy was really good. He was a great speaker, mm-hmm. and uh, we uh, uh, we had some conversations about re-energizing the revenue cycle, ways to kind of save money because we know things are going to be very challenging in the future financially. Um, also, we had two lawyers on. They, I'm, I'm always literally about putting lawyers on, but they're they're very dear friends of mine, and mm-hmm. they did a fantastic job talking about contract considerations. We learned a lot about those contracts that we have in the ambulatory surgery setting during this thing because we never thought about what happens when um, – I mean, there's, there's contract provisions in there about what to do when you can't actually provide services, uh, and that really came to a head. So there's a lot that we learned from that, and uh, our speakers uh, talked quite a bit about it. And we also learned uh, quite a bit during this conference about uh, personnel issues such as the, uh, the FLSA, the FMLA, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. And, of course, Laurie did another session on infection control, what we call – the title was a Heightened Sense of Awareness – coming back from COVID-19. And then we had two wonderful panel discussions. That was my favorite part of the mm-hmm. discussion. Uh, on the Tuesday um, afternoon and, and Friday afternoon, we had uh, all of us, and, and if you look at the recording, you can see everybody on the screen at the same time uh, having a discussion. And it worked very civilly. We all were able, we didn't talk over <laughs> each other in general, uh, but a real kind of deep conversations about what's next, you know, how we recover from this situation, and what I think is going to be the leadership opportunity in the future. I think as an industry, uh, the ACs can really lead, you know, lead the, the healthcare industry uh, into the future, and and then also.
also kind of the individual challenges that uh, leaders within our own organizations will have as they move forward. So uh, granted, again, it was uh, it's a New World Conference. It was a two-day uh, live conference. You can get a recording of uh, both days now at ASCPodcast.com. And I guess we should also mention ASCA 2020, um, unfortunately, had to be canceled. That was going to be next month uh, in May, and uh, they transitioned also to a virtual conference mm-hmm. and expo. Um, they recognized that you know, it really was impossible, unfortunately, in the current environment to, uh, to get all those people together. So this is scheduled for July 9th and 10th. It'll offer the same top-quality education, networking, and resources as ASCA's in-person events, all from the safety and comfort of your home or office. And uh, during the virtual uh, event, you can uh, participate in live, interactive breakout sessions led by industry experts. You can hear from inspiring featured speakers, (laughs) such as myself. I'm a little disappointed, though. I'm going to have to record it beforehand, so I don't know how that's going to go. But I have to be uh, listening in while that presentation, which is pre-recorded, is going on, and then I'll be answering questions live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're, I think they type them in. I think that's how it works. I don't think we actually can hear them, but, um, but I'll be answering those questions live. So make sure, if for no other reason, but to listen to me. <laughs> uh, and uh, it'll be a great session. And mm-hmm. you can watch recordings of other sessions presented during the conference. So I think that's one big advantage is that mm-hmm. you and I both know when we go to the conference, we have to make some tough decisions about which sessions yeah. to go to. Yeah. Here we'll be able to listen to all of them. Mm-hmm. I think we have until October 31st, so that'll okay. be a challenge okay. getting them all in, <laughs> in that amount of time. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be interesting. You also explore a virtual expo hall where you can schedule one-on-one meetings with exhibitors and discover the latest technologies, products, and services. I'm just wondering how they're going to give us those pen- though, the, you know, I know all the little freebies. Yeah, all those little yes. freebies. Maybe they'll mail them to us. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then you can connect digitally with your peers to network, share ideas, and discuss best practice practices. I think that's going to be the toughest thing because that in-person part. You know, I think that you know we're getting used to these Zoom sessions or these virtual things, but I, I, I don't. I, I'm. I, I can't wait to see how they do it. Uh, but I think that's uh, one of the, the challenges that you have in this virtual environment. It's just not the same. So I've had this on the the uh, uh, agenda to talk about for uh, months, and we've just never mm-hmm. gotten to it. But I did a couple surveys uh, very recently, and in both of these surveys, just prior to the coronavirus uh, uh, lockdown, um, I found that they had a policy that was incorrect. It stated in their advanced directives that they do not honor advanced directives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, flat out said that they do yes. not honor advanced directives. And I knew what they meant, but they worded it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. First of all, it is really illegal to tell somebody that you do that not honor right. to their advanced directives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we know, um, you know, from uh, a legal standpoint, you have to give people decision-making processes. Um, but what they really meant is that they're not going to honor a do not resuscitate order. So mm-hmm. look at your advanced directive yeah. policy, please. Look at those forms that you hand out to your patients. They hide in a couple different places. They hide in your policies and procedures. They'll hide in the forms that you provide to the patients, and they might be hiding even inside of your uh, consents. So look to make sure that you do not have the phrase, we do not honor advanced directives. Mm-hmm. You can't have language that says that during the course of care, uh, a DNR order, a do not resuscitate order will not be honored. And that's uh, that's that's the only thing you can say there. You, you have mm-hmm. to honor advanced directives. And yes. let's face it, most advanced directives are simply a proxy, you know, when mm-hmm. you're giving somebody else the right to yep. make decisions on your behalf. So let's take a short break and we'll come back to discuss more of our thoughts on where we are and where we're heading.
saw Sue as I took that uh, break, um, I started to realize how many cables we have running through this place now. <laughs> <laughs> I got six cameras and all the different uh, equipment mm-hmm. that we put in here. There's a lot of cables in here. This, this is a lot more crowded with mm-hmm. all this equipment in here than it was before. Wow. <laughs> so I thought we would talk a little bit about where we are right now. And I think a big issue that we're going to have uh, coming up is what's going to happen with the surveys. Uh, we know that the surveys have been put on hold, and we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, it's hard to predict. So whatever I talk about for the next uh, 10, 20 minutes here um, is all you know, kind of speculative until we get more information. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this in like October, yeah. <laughs> uh, make sure you go back and, and figure out Update. what's happened since uh, yeah. April and, and to, the, uh, to, uh, to the current time. So uh, I th- we probably have to put a disclaimer on now about the timing of uh, these, yeah. uh, these episodes here. Just dating everything because <clears throat> yeah. things change so quickly. Yeah, so definitely please keep up with what's going on. Listen to us regularly. And by the way, while I'm on that subject, um, I'm still shocked at the number of people that don't know about our podcast, so please pass the information on to your friends. You know that this is free. You know this is a great opportunity to kind of keep up with things, and uh, it's still shocking to me. Actually, it's still shocking to me, though, probably shouldn't be, how many people don't actually know how to <laughs> access Different podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, well, please... it really wasn't that long ago when you think about it, yeah. when you started this, and at that point you had been, I, I you had just anything. found out about podcasts. Yeah, I didn't know anything listening. about it, so... so. Uh, so what we do know at this point is that for all accreditation and CMS uh, certification programs, um, you know, through the accreditation organization, in other words, if you're doing deemed status surveys, um, that regular survey activity has been put on hold for now as we sit here on uh, what is today, the 26th of April. Um, should your actual survey date occur after the accreditation expiration date, uh, there is not going to be any negative consequences of uh, missing that survey. Uh, so just uh, be aware that uh, everybody knows that everything is on hold at this point. There'll be more information coming out uh, as we get out of this uh, crisis as to uh, what the timing is going to be. Mm-hmm. So organizations that participate in a deemed status accreditation program, CMS has indicated that the delay will not impact your ambulatory surgery center certification. So you're not going to lose your certification if you um, if you go beyond the accreditation date. Mm-hmm. Um, the accreditation programs have all postponed non-emergency surveys for all deemed status and non-deemed status programs scheduled for a survey. And right now, so it seems to be through mid-May that they've held off. So again, we're here uh, toward the end of April as we're recording this. Um, you know, if you're listening to this after that time frame, make sure you find out where we are. Mm-hmm. And Sue, why don't you mention what types of uh, categories are included in this uh, this uh, this uh, holding off? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this includes routine deemed status or non-deemed status, reaccreditation, special MDS and special non-MDS, interim and compliance surveys. And the accreditation organizations are going to do their, their darndest to, uh, to complete high-priority emergency surveys for uh, deemed status and non-deemed status surveys. We actually are in this situation. We have quite a number of centers that are waiting for their initial survey. Uh, and, of course, it struck right at this time. So we have, I believe, we have four organizations that are waiting for um, mm-hmm. early option surveys. And yes. uh, they've been prioritized, but it's very difficult to uh, 
uh, to get surveyors right now. And of course, with travel limitations, with um, you know places being ordered to shut down, um, it's been very difficult. But prioritize surveys. In other words, those that are still occurring, if they can find a surveyor, include all discretionary surveys that address immediate jeopardy complaints. So, and this I'm, I can pretty much guarantee, if they if somebody complains about an infection control issue, you're going to see a surveyor pretty soon. Yes. Um, and anything that involves uh, allegations of abuse and neglect, et cetera, and any of those important things that would really bear on, uh, uh, you know, could potentially result in a serious injury to the patients. And then another uh, one that is being prioritized is initial uh, Medicare deemed status and reaccreditation and initial uh, Medicare deemed status surveys uh, if you're seeking a a, a Medicare number. So those have been prioritized, though I will say at this point I know that the activity is very limited since the surveyors are very limited in being able to get out and do a survey. And, of course, a lot of these places just can't actually do any cases right now anyway. Mm -hmm. and then, of course, uh, non-Medicare deemed status accreditation, those organizations that are seeking first-time accreditation uh, with a, an accrediting organization, they are being prioritized uh, if they can find a surveyor. Uh, all early option surveys in general, and any revisits necessary to resolve current enforcement actions. So, for example, if there's a follow-up Medicare deemed status life safety survey, something where they've identified condition-level items. Uh, so they are prioritizing those for purposes of closing out the survey event. And any organization, the other thing that they're prioritizing is those surveys, uh, uh, surveys for organizations that have a history of immediate jeopardy related to infection control. So mm-hmm. if you've had infection control issues in the past that have resulted in immediate jeopardy finding, uh, you might uh, be uh, visited shortly by a survey uh, surveyor from your accrediting organization or from the state. It's important to remember, too, that you need to continue to sur- uh, submit your survey applications you know, even if you've been impacted by COVID-19. I actually heard the other day that uh, there's this one, a couple organizations that have actually furloughed their administrator and nurse manager, mm-hmm. which I can't imagine because when yeah. you furlough them, they can't even contact. Can't do anything. Yeah, you can't yeah. do anything without uh, without paying them, you know, for that whole day uh, that they're contacted. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, please, if you're listening to me and you're a uh, owner of a surgery center or a governing body member, uh, you should not be furloughing those people that are making those difficult decisions mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, how to ramp up. So definitely uh, those individuals need to be uh, continue to be employed by the organization. Note that any organizations that have completed applications on file will remain accredited until the next accreditation decision is rendered. That, that means for anybody that's seeking reaccreditation, of course. And then once normal operations resume, uh, the organizations will schedule surveys. Uh, these these uh, accrediting organizations will schedule surveys through a catch-up process. I can't wait to see how that's going to be. I know. Um, you know, I usually do about... Um, you know, three to four a year. I've already done three this year, and I know there's going to be heavy pressure on all of us surveyors to mm-hmm. kind of get caught up on that. So you might not yeah. see me for a while, but <laughs> <clears throat> no, I'll be around, especially with that puppy. <laughs> so I thought I would do, let, let's just have some fun and do some predictions for the okay. future. <laughs> Look in your crystal ball. Yeah, Look into that crystal ball. And I guess uh, my past history in making predictions mm-hmm. have been has been pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I think number one, though, I yeah. I think you're you're pretty accurate on this. Yes. It's going to be very very busy. I th- it's not going to be a good time to take a vacation for the yeah. rest of this year. We've uh, we've warned people, you know, and and I think for the most part, I don't know that we've been on vacation. We certainly haven't in the company, mm-hmm. but those are those people that have, uh, you know, that have been furloughed, uh, you know, 
enjoy that time because I think we're going to be so busy here on out. We got to get caught up on all of those um, those surgeries that were not done during that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it, it's fair to say that it's going to take six months to get caught up on all yeah. that. And then with that, I guess the next one's not too difficult to predict either. Mm-hmm. The funds are going to be very tight. Yeah. You know, I've been uh, called upon to do some of these uh, consultations. Uh, <laughs> during my downtime, I, uh, I've i been uh, doing, uh, you know, paid consultations with organizations. I want to learn a little bit or, or about what's going on with the ASCs, and since I'm one of the nation's uh, experts on that, I tend to be called on quite a bit. And a lot of these consultations are with vendors who are just trying to figure out uh, what is going to happen over the next year. Actually, I have one uh, tonight. I didn't tell you. I have one tonight with Hong Kong. Um, So that's why it's in the middle of the night. It'll be Monday morning for them, but it'll be Uh late to to us. Uh, I don't know why Hong Kong wants to hear about it, but apparently some (laughs) investors over there want to know what's happening on the equipment market in Uh particular. Um, and one of the things I've said is, uh, you know, if you're selling me- uh, medical equipment, uh, capital expenditures are definitely going to be down. Maybe not so much for new equipment or equipment that's worn out, but, you know, if you're looking to upgrade equipment, move to the latest technology, I think we're going to – I I'm, our clients are already saying that, you know, we've got to save some money. You know, we're uh, – even with the uh, – you know, the, the Paycheck Protection Program, mm-hmm. uh, people are very careful about how they're spending right mm-hmm. now, and they're definitely not going to be looking to spending a lot of money on capital expenditures yeah. unless they have to expand uh, or replace equipment that's broken down. And I am worried about some of the stress that's going to happen on some of the equipment that maybe have been uh, pulled out of uh, operation for a while. That's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens. Yes. Uh, also, I, I don't think we're going to see conferences uh, at, very well attended for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Again, people are going to be too busy to do that. Uh, they're going, and and I think also there's been information overload. I certainly feel that way. You know, I of course you know we're part of it because we're doing a lot mm-hmm. of uh, of communicating out there. You know, we have a lot of conferences here. But the good news is ours are all recorded and you can listen to them at your leisure. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're you're trying to plan on doing an in person conference, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very difficult to get people to do that because yes. they're just not going to want to take the time. And with us, we're, we're trying to do things that are specific to either reopening or different things right. that you need to really know. And I think it's all people can absorb. Like with this podcast, we we're trying to think if we should do more just general news. But really, everybody's just focused yeah. on, on what's going on well, right try now. Try to find so any you news. Don't wanna, yeah, yes. try to find. I know you looked this any morning. Other news this. <laughs> There's no mm-hmm. other news right now. Yeah. However, there's a couple things that will be selling fast, uh, and that we know that uh, we're no longer going to be, um, you know, keeping our inventory levels of PPE down. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely, uh, I think we can expect to uh, see our uh, our coffers filled with PPE just in case mm-hmm. something like this happens in the future. And yeah. of course, we are concerned about a, a relapse, uh, you know, come the fall. So I think we're definitely going to have that. And I guess toilet paper is another thing we're going to stock up on. <laughs> well, I think with everything, I think even just as a personal thing, yeah. people are going to be more prepared. Yeah, Because absolutely. we've seen what happened. And with this, we had a, a bit of warning. But when you think of what could come down the line next, it yeah. could be something where it's so sudden you want to make sure you've got just enough of what you need to get through a little bit of um, isolation time. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, keep it up. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, money is going to be tight and we yes. have to be careful. I am worried about um, the uh, pharmacy issue, though, oh, the drugs. 
Um, we don't have a lot of information about this, and we're going to keep in touch with all of our pharmacy consultants on this, but we, we are concerned that certain drugs are going to be in short supply, especially those that are sourced from China. Not mm-hmm. so much, it's not always the drug themselves that are coming from China, but also the raw materials that come from China. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we're not getting a lot of good information about what's happening out there, but we know manufacturing is down. So I think we're, we could potentially see some uh, shortages. So um, I don't want people to make a run on all of their drugs out there, but just make sure that you're maintaining healthy uh, uh, drug levels. Mm-hmm. And of course, one thing we're going to be talking about on Thursday, uh, we don't have a lot of answers right now, and we might not by Thursday even, um, but uh, what we're going to do with regard to uh, testing of, uh, of patients and employees for COVID-19 mm-hmm. um, in preparation for surgery. Yeah, your opening plans. Yeah, and I think also, you know, just kind of on a manufacturing note, I think we're going to be very hesitant about supporting manufacturing in China in the future, mm-hmm. especially if we do have shortages as a result of that reliance on that. Yeah. I'm very proud to see that there's quite a bit of a movement back to supporting mm-hmm. the United States, you know, manufacturing in the U.S. And, and also watching as American manufacturers have stepped up very quickly. Mm-hmm. They've proven, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, uh, you know, uh, reading history books and I, especially about the war effort during World War II and uh, how American manufacturing stepped up. And really what's happened here is uh, is the exact same thing that happened mm-hmm. during World War II, how quickly uh, manufacturers were able to retool and be able to manufacture things that they'd never manufactured before. Yeah, And not just picking on China. I think the whole diversification yep. thing is important because we've seen too. things yeah, even definitely. in yeah. other or even in, in our states. You yep. know, if you have one area that's hit, it's very hard to bounce back from that. Yeah. And then there's some things that are going to, I think, permanently change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and I talked a lot during the fall about the flu shot and how important it was to uh, take it seriously. And we, we weren't, uh, so actually we did predict some things there. Um, but, you know, we, 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 we as a country really haven't taken it seriously. Our employees haven't taken it seriously. Uh, I have a feeling that flu shots are going to be very popular in the future. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, we're going to have a different attitude, attitude toward people um, staying home when they're sick. We had mm-hmm. uh, one, so. of, one of our uh, centers shut down because uh, an employee came in who was sick, mm-hmm. uh, ended up being testing positive for COVID-19. And, of course, everybody talks about staying home when you're sick. But often in the healthcare field, we feel that pressure to come in anyways. Right. And I think it's that's really going to churn around. Well, and it's going to be not only are we not going to want to come in, but our coworkers are going to tell us mm-hmm. not to come in. Yeah. So there's going to be that uh, that peer pressure that mm-hmm. to uh, to not allow that to happen. Yeah. I hope that we're going to be better able to handle a crisis in the future. You know, Alex Bornemann, our director of operations uh, and our life safety expert, he and I um, talked quite a bit. You know, while we were developing those emergency plans for our clients, and incidentally, he has way too much fun. With that stuff, he really gets deep. <laughs> he really delves in deep. He does, I know. <sighs> but we had conversations about things like the pandemic, and we were really—I mean, mm-hmm. we spent the last year really talking about um, active shooter so yeah. much, and we we're saying, "Oh, you know, this is the one that we want to practice on." We never, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, well, I don't even know that we knew how to practice, mm-hmm. you know, or to drill for a pandemic. I don't think so, because you know, I had thought about—I mean, I've heard it said many times that the next big crisis will be from some type of bacteria yeah. or virus, but I would have never followed through and thought of all the different ramifications yeah, of that. I just exactly. couldn't. Yeah, no, well said. And I, and now I think we're better prepared for it. I don't think we have to, we can't, we can't let our guard down. Mm-hmm. We have to assume this is going to happen again and then hopefully we'll be better prepared for it. So, uh, I'm also hoping that people are going to be better, um, prepared for surveys. 
Um, you know, hopefully they've taken the time during this time off, I, I use that with uh, air quotes, uh, to get caught up on their paperwork and their policies and their board minutes and everything's like everything like that. So hopefully uh, you've kept up with it. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing that's uh, kind of fascinating to me too, Sue, is that I think that board meetings are going to be very different in the future. Mm. Um, we've talked about this a lot because virtually all the board meetings have been virtual, virtually all. That's an interesting <laughs> way to turn on phrase. Um, and, uh, you know, so and what an efficient way to do things. I mean, we know how challenging it is and how expensive it is, mm-hmm. um, in terms of time at least, you know, to get our board together. And you, you listen to the board, uh, to the administrators talk about how impossible it is to get all the board members together all at once. Yeah. And we know that if we have a Zoom session, I hate to use a, a, a yeah, any term type for a, of, any, any type, type of virtual, of, um, uh, virtual. conferencing, yeah. um, that, you know, it can be much more efficient. You don't lose that time of driving to mm-hmm. and from the center. Um, you can uh, do it from the comfort of your home. You can be uh, eating dinner uh, at the same time. Uh, I don't know. how. Well, I, I've had to eat during some of those virtual conferences, and mm-hmm. uh, we've been able to hide that fact. <laughs> um, but, you know, those are those are things that I think uh, what makes, makes us much more efficient. Mm-hmm. And for consultants like ourselves, attending it virtually means that we – you know, don't have that expensive travel to that organization as well mm-hmm. as that time that, that is taken in driving. I mean, you know, six hours down to the city where most mm-hmm. of our clients uh, are right now. So I think board meetings um, and other, you know, major meetings that uh, that you hold within your organization, can we've proven, can be done remotely through mm-hmm. this type of a software. Mm-hmm. Now we all know how to use uh, this software and we're used to it. I think it, I, I do think that that's going to change things mm-hmm. dramatically. I'm hoping it will. Yeah, and some of the docs, if they come in after they've been working all day, and they've been waiting a couple extra hours to, until everybody's yeah. done working. If they can go home and you know take a minute and then get yeah. back on, or with us if we're driving the six hours, and you know you're not going to be at your best. No, no. So. Well, and and you know then you got the travel problems, or, mm-hmm. you know traffic problems. Even yeah, uh, it, it really happened. wastes a lot of time. So I think yeah. that's that's one thing I expect. I don't know the quality improvement meetings are going to be able to be held that mm-hmm. way, but but definitely board meetings, you know, any executive meetings, I think uh, definitely can be that. And I think, uh, again, maybe these predictions are not that difficult to make. Surveys are going to be focused more on infection control in the mm-hmm. future. They really always have had a heavy uh, emphasis on infection control. But uh, just given some of the training that I've had to go through recently for uh, as a surveyor, uh, everything is all about infection control right now. We're being taught, you know, uh, more about what to be looking for, what we, our expectations are, what those higher expectations are are going to be. And it goes without saying, as I mentioned earlier, the surveyors are going to be way behind. It's going to be a struggle. We have a lot of uh, pending surveys. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be swamped ourselves, uh, though I think it'll take a while for everybody to get caught up. And mm-hmm. given our luck, they'll probably all those surveys will happen on the same day. Uh, it'll be interesting how we deal with that. So let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have a very quick list, and that'll probably be less than a minute, to talk about upcoming events in the ASC industry. You are never alone in the ASC industry. Many organizations are eager to provide an opportunity to keep up on all aspects of running an ASC. And in this section, we highlight upcoming events. 
And if you'd like your event to be included in the podcast, please send the event information to us at info at ASCPodcast.com, especially right now as we're, we're having a hard mm-hmm. time keeping up with what's been canceled and what hasn't been. We don't really have a lot on our uh, our list. So these mm-hmm. are the things that we know are either on, uh, well, and anything that we don't mention we believe has been canceled. So Becker's 18th Annual Future of Spine and the Spine Orthopedic and Pain Management Driven ASC Conference is still scheduled for June 18th through the 20th. Uh, at the Swiss Hotel in Chicago. ASCA's 2020 Transitions to Virtual Conference and Expo is scheduled for July 9th and the 10th and will offer the same top quality education, networking, and resources as ASCA's in-person events, all from the safety and comfort of your home or office. And if you are uh, already registered or were registered for the ESCA 2020 uh, in-person in uh, Orlando, that your registration automatically rolls over to the virtual conference. I think on April 30th, they indicated that they're going to give information about what will happen if you don't want to go to the Mm -hmm. the virtual conference. So uh, stay tuned for that. The Florida Society of ASC's annual conference and trade show is July 15th through the 17th at the Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Now, their website does say that due to the current impact of the COVID-19, they have suspended registration for the conference. So do visit their website regularly at fsasc.org for a current update. I do know that the Ohio State Association conference is still on, though. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And that's September 30th through October 1st, 2020, at the Hilton Columbus Polaris in Columbus, Ohio. One of our favorite places to go. So uh, mm-hmm. hopefully that, that'll be uh, the one where we can get out, Sue, and, uh, and yes. get to. So it's, we enjoyed that conference quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So that's it for this episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey. And join us again, and please consider becoming a patron by going to our website at ASCPodcast.com. And please spread the word about our podcast with your friends and colleagues, and do us the honor of hitting the subscribe button. The sound editor for this episode is Susan Cronkite. Executive producer is John Gailey. Research assistance is provided by Susan Cronkite, Jenna Alvarez, Judy D'Ambrosio, Alex Borneman, Zach Kalaritis, and Lori Rodericks. Music is provided by Media Sushi and Mike Noah. And the ASC Podcast with John Gailey is hosted on Podbean and is available on all major podcast channels. This podcast is an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as, nor does it constitute legal advice or opinion. When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies, Surgical Information System, Encompass Healthcare Data Solutions, BHG Patient Lending, and Medicus IT. For more information about our sponsors, please visit our website. If you're interested in advertising or sponsoring the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at info at ASCPodcast.com. And we would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at comments at ASCPodcast.com.